In case you didn't know who I was, or this is the first time here, as it says right above there, my name is Joel Langland. I am the children's minister here at staff at uh, Griffith's First Christian Church. And I'm not usually the one up here. In fact, I'm usually the one who gets to go downstairs with the kids. But you're stuck with me because Sean, our normal preacher here on staff, he decided to take a vacation. Who takes vacations, right? Well, he, he's not, he won't be here with this morning. And he asked me to come up. He asked me to come up today. And so as we prepare to just dig into God's word, there's one thought There's something I want you to be thinking the entire time as we're digging through God's word. Can we not talk about Jesus? Can we not talk about Jesus? And so I encourage you to go ahead and grab grab a Bible. You can use your your phone, whatever smart device you have, or just grab the book in front of you. Uh, We're going to be looking at at Mark 140. Uh, If you have the little black Bible, that's page 708. Uh, page 708, or you can just follow on the screen. And verse 40, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, I don't know how much you know about this leprosy guy or how much you know about leprosy, but it is a nasty, nasty skin disease. Uh, Very, very, very contagious just touching someone could very well translate it. And it, with this disease, you'd commonly, commonly lose your fingers, your thumbs, your toes. And uh, along with that, you'd also lose physical feelings of touch, most uh, admittedly physical pain. And so this guy comes to Jesus, bows down on his knees and like, Jesus, can you heal me? Can you help me out? Now, something we've got to understand a bit about Jesus. Even though we're like right there, almost at chapter 2. Jesus is still, still widely known as, as a miraculous healer. I know it's only like chapter one, but still everybody knows about him as a miraculous teacher. It's, it's how he's known. He's already done so much. And so that's why this man, that's why this, this leper comes to him. Now, if you, if you saw a leper coming, you would be fearful. If a leper would walk in towards you, you'd be like, oh my gosh, and you would go the other way. Because... You ha- you'd have an ins- inst- instant fear. If I get too close to them, I might catch leprosy. And if I catch leprosy, my life will be ruined. And so that's why this man has come to Jesus. Let's pick our Bibles back up. Page 708. And we're going to read verse 41. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. So Jesus sees this man. Um, Up there on the screen, it says he was indignant. Uh, My Bible said compassion. Some of your translations might say uh, he had pity on him or or, or sympathy. Now, if you were Greek scholars, which I don't know how many of you are are in that boat, when you see see this this word indignant, compassion, it actually means a physical gut pain. Jesus physically, his stomach physically hurt because he felt so bad for this man. All right, because he knew this is so, so very wrong. Because in this moment, Jesus, Jesus loved this man. So let's just take a moment, step a little bit away from the, step a little bit away from the scriptures. Have you ever seen in person, seen on TV or seen a video of something you saw and you're like, this is wrong. 
This is wrong. And your stomach physically hurt because you knew deep in your heart and in your mind that it is wrong with every fiber of yourself. For me, that's a, it doesn't matter if it's a, a video or a TV or a channel or I'm seeing in person. When I see children on streets and I see they have nothing and they're scavenging just to meet the bare essentials and they have no, one to, no, no parents to care for them and they're just barely making by, hardly have any clothes on, that breaks my heart and that gives me the stomach pain that we're talking about. I'm sure you each have your own that, you, that you're thinking about right now. Well, this is the kind of situation that Jesus is in right now. In this, at this moment, Jesus loved this man. Now, Jesus doesn't care what's going to happen to him. As, as long as he gets to heal this man, as long as he can take care of this man, Jesus doesn't care what happens to himself. Now, if you were to ask me, I'd say that sure sounds a whole lot like the definition of love, doesn't it? I would define love as an overwhelming concern for another without regards as to what happens to yourself. Since this man, since this man was unclean, something we have to understand. This man ha- hasn't been to church. I mean, we all like coming to church. I'm going to make that assumption since you're here. You know, this man probably hasn't been to church in a long time. And, and he actually wouldn't have been able to even to approach God. And in the Old Testament theology systems, the only way you can ask for forgiveness of your sins, if you go to church, and you're like, hey, Mr. Priestman, let's make sacrifices so then I can seek atonement for my sins. Well, this man can't go to church. So that means he can't ask God for forgiveness of his sins. This man, for all intents and purposes, has been cut off and separated from God. He's been separated from God. All right, let's grab our Bibles again. This time we're going to jump into the book of Numbers. All right, Numbers chapter, chapter 5. If you're following along in, the black, in our NIV, it's page 97. Or you can follow me on right above. And the Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to send away from the camp anyone who has an infectious skin disease a discharge of any kind, or a ceremony unclean because of a dead body. Send them away, male and female alike. Send them outside the camp, so they will not defile their camp where I dwell among them. Even more than all this, this man has now been ostracized from town. It has probably been years since he's seen his family. This is my father. I can relate to other fathers. Imagine if you, if you were this man, you probably have not seen your family in years. You've probably not touched your family in close to a decade. You haven't seen your wife. haven't seen your kids. If you're, if, you're, if you're a woman, you haven't seen your husband for years. You haven't been able to touch your children and embrace them easily for many, many more years. This man has not been physically touched in a very, very long time. And on top of the leprosy, it would make it so he couldn't even feel it, even if he did. And, and the only reason he wouldn't be able to touch his children is because if he goes and he tries to hug his children, he risks ruining their life and separating them from God like he has been separated from God. 
He doesn't want to ruin their life. So he must separate himself from them. Tell them not to come, tell them not to come visit him. You see, Jesus felt sorry for this man to the point of pain in his stomach. Jesus loved this man. Now, usually, if someone is unclean and you go and touch an unclean person, that in, that in change will make you unclean, especially with leprosy, because you risk catching the disease. And so, you, but you see, the thing is, Jesus loves this man. Jesus doesn't care what happens to him. Jesus doesn't care how he gets labeled for reaching out and touching this guy. He doesn't care if people start to label him unclean for healing and touching this man. He doesn't care. Because, like I said, he doesn't care what happens to himself. Because he loves this man. He wants, he wants to help him. Now, if you read other accounts, we hear about Jesus healing at, at range. Like, he's like, hey, this person comes to him. Can you make my son and or daughter well? And he's like, uh, it is done. I have healed them. And then he gets back home and he, fi- and he finds out that their child was cured that very hour. Jesus has the ability to, to heal at range. But Jesus doesn't do that. See, Jesus loves this man, and he wants to show this man compassion. And so Jesus chooses to reach out and touch this man, this man who had not been touched probably close to a decade in his entire life. Jesus reaches out and touches him to show him love and compassion and care. He didn't have to. He chose to. Let's go ahead, turn back to the book of Mark, we're going to go ahead and look at verse 42. Remember page, page 709. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus touched him and he was healed. It was instantaneous. And hopefully none of you were trying to sleep. He touched him and it was gone. It wasn't some waning of a disease. He didn't spend the next few weeks getting better. No, Jesus was instantly healed. Instantly. When Jesus does miraculous healings, it is instant. Continuing on, we're going to read uh, verse 43 and 44. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. Verse 44. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, Jesus gave this man a very strong warning, like, now, you don't do this, what I'm telling you not to do, don't do it, or I'm going to be, I'm going to be a bit upset. But you got to wonder, why would Jesus give this man a warning? Just spoiler alert, verse 45, he, he disobeys. He disobeys, and he goes and, he goes and tells people, And so you have to wonder, Jesus has the foreknowledge. Jesus knows that he's going to disobey. And so why does Jesus heal him? Or why does he bother telling him? Well, you have to understand it from Jesus' point of view once again. Jesus loves this man. He doesn't care what happens to him. He wants to be able to reconnect this man so this man can approach God, so he can go to worship like we had this morning, so that this man can seek forgiveness for his sins. And so Jesus didn't care if his ministry got harder. But he still gave the warning to the man because Jesus still gave him the choice to obey. Even if he knew he was going to disobey, Jesus still gave him the choice. 
And so this warning begins, it begins to make sense. And then Jesus' command was, you know, go, go to the priest and go tell the priest about, uh, go show yourself to him. Now, the reason they did this is he had leprosy. He had been ostracized. He had been labeled as, as unclean. And he goes to the priest and they're like, huh, you don't have leprosy anymore. Reach you a clean bill of health. A man goes back into town. He is welcomed in open arms. And he, he gets to go to church. He gets to worship. He gets to seek forgiveness of his sins. Finally, picking back in Mark chapter 1 again, this last verse, verse 45. Instead, he went out again, again, uh, sorry, he, instead he went out and began talking freely, spreading the news, and as a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly, but stayed out in, outside in lonely places. Yet this people still came to him from everywhere. This former leper, he did not obey. He did, if anything, he disobeyed. Instead, he began to spread, he went out and began to spread the good news to Jesus, to just about everyone he met, until they were sick of hearing from him. All right. As Mark tells us, he went out so amazingly well that no one could, that Jesus couldn't even publicly or openly enter town anymore. All right, there's such a big crowd of people seeking miracles. He was already well now. Now his, his popularity has exploded that he can't even, he can't even enter town. Yet his, so, his popularity is so out of this world. His popularity is so out of this world that he goes out into the boonies, you know, four or five hours drive just to get to the guy, and people are still coming to him in large numbers. Now, one of the things you might be wondering up to this point is, Joel, why in the world have you gone into so much detail on this story? Why have I done this to such an exuberant amount? Well, I want us to be able to relate with this former leper. I want us to understand what this former leper was thinking. I want us to, to understand why he did what he did. Because we are the former leper. We are the church. You see, when this man encountered Christ, he became a new person. Just like when we encounter Christ, we become a new person. We use very similar words when we talk about baptism, about them becoming a new person. Like this former leper, we were dirty, we were sinful, we were separated from God. We met Jesus, he made us clean, and Jesus loves us just like he loved that former leper. This leper was so excited about what happened to him and about you that he just went out and told everyone. He told so many people that he could, Jesus couldn't come into town anymore. I mean, just get your brain wrapped around that concept. They, he couldn't even come into town. Luckily for our story, Jesus' popularity is so awesome that people still travel to go see him. When we have an encounter with Christ, he changes your life. Just like this former leper's life was changed. And I, my question for you, are you as excited about Christ as this former leper was excited about Christ? 
You know, he just didn't tell his friends and families about this, about Jesus. No, he went and told everyone. He told his friends. He told his family. He told the strangers. He told the people he'd never seen before. And he went and told them about Christ. He went to the city walls. That's where uh, major decisions would be made. Kind of like a courthouse today. And he went and told them until they were sick of hearing them. They're like, get out of here. We've already heard what you got to say. And then he went to the city market where there'd be a lot more people. And he went and told every single person until they're like, get out of here. We've already heard you a thousand times. Wouldn't it be great to be known for telling about Christ so much that we're getting kicked out of places because we just can't stop talking about him? If you ask me, I think that would be pretty awesome. Now, let's put ourselves in Jesus' shoes again. All right, imagine you're a popular speaker. All right, and uh, you, you're speaking. You're speaking uh, here in town, all right. And so you want to show up several early or hours early. You know, have time to go over what you're going to say. You know, get a good parking spot. You know, you drive. You drive into town. You're driving through Griffith, and wow, all the streets are double lined. You know, traffic on, on our major roads it's all backed up. And then you you know you go to uh, Sharaville, you go to Highland, and you still can't find any traffic. You know, and you're just driving around. You, you go all the way to Crown Point, and it's still packed, and you cannot find a place to park your car. And all of a sudden, it's time for your event. And you still can't find a place to park, and you're supposed to be speaking right now, and you still can't find a place to park your car, and so you have to leave without ever having to say anything because you can't find a place to park your car. That's what it's like for Jesus. That's why he left to go to the lonely places, or that's why he left to go out to the boonies. That's why he left. Are we telling everyone about Christ so prolifically, like this man, that we can't keep them out of our doors? Are we telling people so much about Christ that our parking lot is full and there is standing room only in this building? Are we, are we telling about people about Christ when we're at the grocery store, when we're at community activities, when we're at yard sales? If we are as excited about Christ as this former leper was, then we would tell everyone every day we see about Jesus. Now, sadly, Tuesday night, I was, I was getting dinner uh, at, 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 the, at the Happy Garden and th there was a few calls, there was a few call-ins before me. And so me and this other woman, we were just sitting there because people had to come get their food before they would get our food ready. And I had Sam sleep in my arms. It had been a long day. And I talked about babies. We talked about all these other things. I had a good 15, 20 minutes with this woman. My wife can attest to that. I could have told her about Christ. I could have invited her to church. I could have said something about Jesus, but I talked about the weather. I talked about the food. I talked about how I like this place. But I had an opportunity to talk to her about Christ, and to my own shame, I didn't. Jesus Christ, my, he could have put me and her in that place for the, so, for the reason so I could invite her to church Maybe she was already a Christian. Maybe she already went to church. But I didn't know that. And I didn't say anything. And, I very, and, and there's a lot of people in the area. I might not ever see her again. 
And I will, have lost, I will have lost an opportunity to share God's word with her. If we are honest with ourselves, Jesus has changed our lives. And if someone tells us not to share the gospel, then we are going to share the gospel. We are going to do it anyway. Uh, the, title, the title of the sermon is, Can We Not Talk About Jesus? If we don't talk about Jesus, who is? You think all those non-Christians out there, are they going to talk about Jesus? No, if we don't talk about him, who is? After Jesus had died, been resurrected, and raised into heaven, Jesus' apostles were still talking about him. And the Sanhedrin called him and was like, hey, why are you talking about this Jesus guy? I want you to stop talking about this Jesus guy. And, and they flogged them to try to get the point across. That's hitting them repeatedly. But let's look at what they said. Turn, uh, go ahead and turn with me open to Acts chapter 4. All right. And we're going to look at verse 19 and 20. If you're following along in our book, it's page 773. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And we cannot help but speaking about what we have heard and what we know. Now, maybe perhaps you don't feel like this, uh, maybe you don't, perhaps maybe you don't feel like this leper. Maybe you feel like one of the people that the leper actually spoke to. And you're excited to hear more, you're excited to hear more about this Jesus guy. Then my challenge is you start asking those questions. Write them down. You know, when Sean gets back next Sunday, I'm sure he'd love nothing more than you, you have a tons of questions that he'd want to answer. But you know, maybe, maybe you can't wait that long. You know, I know, bring those questions to any of our elders. I'm sure they'd be glad to talk to you about this Jesus guy. Or you know what? I would love to talk to you about these questions that you might have for Jesus. I promise you, I promise you when you encounter Jesus, your life will be changed, just like the leper's life was changed. Now, maybe perhaps... You're already a Christian. Your life has already been changed. And my challenge for you is to be like the leper. Be like the leper. You know, go find someone you don't know and tell them about Christ. Go find one of your friends who doesn't know about Christ and tell, and tell them about Christ. And you're like, Joel, I don't know any non-Christians. All my friends already come to church then I challenge you to go find someone you don't know and tell them about Christ just like the leper, just like the leper did. You know, I, I'm, new to, I'm fairly new to this area, and I don't know exactly how many people are in this whole Chicago area. I'm sure some of you will Google it at some point today and tell me. But I'm willing to get bet there's at least a few people who've not accepted Christ into their lives, or a few people who don't really know anything about Christ. And so my challenge to you, if you don't know any non-Christian, find those people and tell them about Jesus. Because you've got to remember, we're a church that is all about people. That's why our, uh, our commitment, the one that you see on the very front of your bulletin, we're all about helping people follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. Helping people 
follow Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer, and our, our worship team is going is to come, is gonna come, up, come on up. Dear Lord, God Almighty, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity we have to come together, to dig into, to dig into your word this morning. And I pray that we become just like the leper, and we talk so much about you that people can't make us be quiet. In your son's holy and precious name, amen. <laughs>